ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. Welcome back to Orange Nation. Pauly, Steve with you, the artist of the day today. The Village People. This one... uh, Not familiar with this one. Do you want to spend the night? 1981. You're not going to be familiar with the first couple. But then after that, yeah, then we'll all be big ones. We'll all be uh, dancing and singing. Love the village people. Um, this uh, tomorrow, tomorrow Saturday, post game for the Virginia game will be on Q Sports Talk only. Brian and Eric Devendorf will be handling that for you. So if you'd like to catch it, it's Q Sports Talk only. All right, that's uh, SU men. Taking on uh, Virginia, let's uh, talk SU women now with uh, with Tim Leonard, who was on the call last night as Syracuse rallied from a halftime deficit, went on to beat Pittsburgh 89-71. And, um, it, you know, Tim, I guess what was the difference last night? Uh, let's start with that second half. You know, they were down six, put, put together a big run to, to lead it at the break, and then Syracuse played a really, really good second half. Yeah, they dominated 56-32. to 32. They won the second half. And I think the difference pretty simply was they switched defenses, which they've done throughout the year here. They kind of have two defenses that they go back and forth from. The matchup zone look is, I would say, the Coach Jack signature defense that she played a lot at Buffalo. She's brought that over, but there's been times, like last night, where they start the game in the matchup zone look, and for whatever reason, it's not producing the results they want, and they've gone to kind of a player-to-player defense in the second half. Then there's also been games this season where, They've started in the player-to-player defense, and that hasn't been working, and they've gone to the matchup zone look, and it's produced results. So they've really been a second-half team, and it's kind of fascinating how they're just able to work between those two defenses and kind of go with whatever defense is producing the hot hand in that night. You know, we all know about DeAsia Fair. How about the emergence of Georgia Woolley and, you know, these, these back-to-back performances, now 23 points uh, in each game and, uh, and, and playing well? And uh, is this something you expect to continue? And, and I guess what has, uh, what has clicked uh, for Georgia Woolley? Yeah, I think she's gotten more confident. She's also gotten healthy from the start of the season as well. I asked Coach Jack after the game last night, what's changed for her, and she said that's kind of the expectation for Georgia Woolley. Last year at Buffalo, she was the MAC freshman of the year for Coach Jack there. She averaged about 15 points per game. The start of the season, she wasn't shooting great, and she wasn't producing a ton points-wise, but she started the year a little banged up. She got more healthy as the season has progressed, and I think she's just been a little bit more confident. Coach Jack said that she's been in the gym even harder recently, and it's certainly been showing off. I mean, she was averaging seven points per game through the first 10 games she played this season and then back-to-back 23-point games against ACC competition when they really needed it in the last two games. So she's clearly found something. I think it's probably not going to be 23 points every night the rest of the way, but she's certainly going to blossom into that third score for them behind De'Asia Fair and Tisha Hyman, I think, the rest of the way. I know that there are no you know moral victories in major Division one college basketball, but when you you go back to the two games prior at Louisville, you know a final four team a year ago and and they're not quite as good as they were last year, but they're still Louisville and they're still really good and Syracuse loses by nine there and uh, home against number six NC State and Cuse was up nine going into the fourth quarter and ultimately again didn't get the job done, lost by two. But do you take those two games and those two performances, Tim, as a sign that 
things are moving in the right direction. I mean, those were measuring stick games, and again, they didn't win, but given how competitive they were, does the team maybe take some confidence from those performances? Yeah, I think they certainly do. I mean, NC State, they did fall last night at home to Boston College, so they're clearly maybe not exactly the typical NC State team that we're used to in the past three or four years, and they're not maybe the power that they are, but Look, you were up nine the third quarter to dominate NC State in the third quarter of that game like they did, 23-6. to They won the third period after going into the half down. I think that gives the team some belief. And I will say that, you know, everyone after around the team and the coaches, after they fell to NC State by two points, I was kind of personally thinking, oh, well, you know, you, you were in the game at least, and this is a positive. This is one of those games, like you're saying, where you can take a lot from it. Everyone was pretty devastated around the team, and I think that speaks to the fact that they know that they can win those type of games. They walked away from the Louisville game as well and thought, hey, we lost by nine points, but there were more frustration than anything because they felt like they were in the game, and if they had played the way that they can play, they could have knocked off Louisville on the road. So the ACC is pretty open this year. There's certainly some very good teams at the top of the conference, but I think Syracuse can take something from those two games that – home or away against some of the better teams in the conference, they're right there when they play their best. And that third quarter in particular against NC State, that was really kind of the light bulb moment where it felt like, all right, they're turning defense into offense in that quarter. They're playing up tempo. That's the style they want to play. They dominated that quarter from start to finish, and that was where it was kind of clicked that, okay, if Syracuse is going to be an NCAA tournament team this season, if they're going to get there, that's the way that they're going to play. You know, talk about the NCAA tournament, and you know, I, I know that that's the goal, and and maybe at the beginning of the season it seemed like a an aggressive goal, but the this team I think is capable, right? I mean, and that's and that's where they are right now. It seems like they're destined to be a bubble team with the whole second half of the season left and all conference games left the rest of the way. Tim, what what do you think this team needs to accomplish realistically to put itself in position to to make it to the NCAA tournament? I would say in particular with the team, probably interior defense and half-court offense are two areas where they need to improve a little bit. Their three-point shooting defense has been outstanding, but they've gotten off to slow starts in games sometimes where they haven't been playing at the tempo that they want to play at. And it feels like sometimes the offense, you know, last night against Pittsburgh, they threw out a zone look defensively. Syracuse not a three-point shooting team throughout the season settled for threes. They took them some time to kind of figure out what they were doing. And then really what happened in the second half is the fast break points changed the outcome of the game. When they switched defense, they were able to get some turnovers. They finished with 31 fast break points last night at Pittsburgh, had just one fast break point. So they want to play up tempo. That's the style they want to get to. And it's kind of getting to that against good teams and making sure that you're playing at that type of style will be key. But I think you're right, Steve, you know, you look at, the net rankings right now, which of course ranks every team in the country, and it's early, they're 63rd in the net. That's probably not good enough to get you inside the NCAA tournament picture, but you're at least within striking distance, right? If you win a couple games, which you have games that you can win to bolster your resume in the best conference in women's college basketball, the ACC, then you know one good week, and all of a sudden we're going to see their names start popping up on bracketology and things like that. So it's definitely within striking distance with the schedule and the games they have coming up. All right, two games uh, on the road coming up at Clemson on Sunday, and then at BC next Thursday before returning home uh, a week from Sunday, January fifteenth for uh, Notre Dame. That's Doggy Day in the Dome, by the way, uh, Paulie. So get Indy oh. ready to uh, to head out <laughs> to the Dome for that one. Uh, Tim, as always, appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on, and uh, we'll uh, do it again soon. 
Yeah, thanks, guys. Always enjoy it. Tim Leonard, the voice of SU women's basketball. And on the other side of the break, we'll hear from the voice of the Virginia Cavaliers men's squad. John Freeman joins us next to preview tomorrow's game between the Orange and the Cavs. We're back after this on ESPN Radio.